0: Well, friends, it's Mother's Day weekend, a chance for all of us to remember, thank, and celebrate our moms, because let's face it, without them, we wouldn't be here. Hey, everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Well, Mother's Day is almost here, so for some of us, there's just enough time to make sure we get those roses reserved at the florist. And think through how we might meaningfully say thanks to our moms for bringing us into the world. Or, oh no, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to stop at the drugstore on the way home and get a gift card. Because that happens sometimes too.
1: Nobody wants flowers, just so we're clear. They want you to clean the house and leave All them right. alone. But yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. I think it
2: depends on the age of the mother because I'm pretty sure my mom loves flowers. Yeah. I think that's right. And her house is always clean. But she also doesn't have any children who currently live in her home. Sorry so. for that aside. It just, <laughs> I, no. I felt people needed to know that.
0: You know, normally I, I introduce our guests at the end of our little intro. But, <laughs> but we've got Kristen, but they're introduced. Kristen, Emily, and Jonathan here this morning. So we're just going to keep right on rolling. That's well. Awesome. Obviously, uh, at Plugged In, we don't spend a lot of time focusing on holidays per se, but we thought this one might be a great opportunity to take a look at the world of entertainment and maybe talk about some of the moms that have shown up in TV shows and or movies, talk about some of our favorites, and then go a little bit deeper and identify some ways that fictional moms maybe have impacted us and, and could potentially impact you in real life. And in our second segment, Paul Acey will join us to talk about an older faith-themed film that's getting a re-release in theaters. It's called The Way. And no, it's not about The Mandalorian, in case you're wondering. But you will have to stick around to learn more about that one. All right. So I've introduced you guys. We are just going to go straight in this morning on Mother's Day and what movies and TV shows really help us to think about the important roles that moms play and how they're depicted in pop culture in general. So let's start with a personal question. Who is your personal all-time favorite movie mom or TV and why? And I know you're each going to give me like three, but you know, (laughs) whatever you need to do while answering this question is okay. Emily, you want to launch us off?
2: Well, I can, but you said movie or TV. I'm doing a book slash There movie. it is. There it is. I was hoping somebody did.
1: <laughs> yeah. I need
0: like some sort of joke to insert about herding cats right here.
1: <laughs> this is most appropriate. I was going to do this joke. Okay.
0: Too. Or or books, I guess. <laughs>
1: hey, you
2: said fictional moms.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. I did use, I meant, you know, not real, but go ahead.
2: So this is a book that got turned into a movie. Okay. So mo-
0: that's your salvation right there. Your yeah. saving grace.
2: Yes. Um, and it's Molly Weasley from the Harry <gasps> Potter series. <gasps> what a great choice. I know, oh. and <laughs> trust me. And,
1: and,
0: and Emily <laughs> loves her answer. Yeah, great
2: one. <laughs> no, um, seriously though, Molly Weasley. Like, if you really look at her existence throughout the books, and uh, to a lesser extent throughout the movies, she is the kind of mom that you hope. Th- like that, you hope that your own kids will grow up to be, you know? Yeah. Like, she's mm. just, she's got seven kids and she loves each of them so dearly, even when they break her heart. Um, you know, one of her sons, like, you know, disowns his family for a while, but she still tries to, you know, maintain a relationship with him. Despite that, two of her sons, they're twins and they are just the biggest troublemakers in the world. But, you know, she loves them just as much as she loves the one who was like, you know, the top student and everything. Um So, I mean, she's... And then she takes in this, you know, little orphan boy little and Harry. she loves him just as much as she loves her own children. And she's just... She's a mom through and through. And then, you know, she's one. also like just awesome. She defeats one of the worst villains That's in my right. entire uh, series. So my favorite scene. It's my Sorry. favorite scene to no, really into no, this. I, it's one of my favorite no, scenes. I was
0: going to say, <laughs> even though uh, it is a decidedly unplugged in friendly scene in the movie and uh, in the book,
1: it's the best it, one.
0: It is emotionally satisfying. Yes. Uh, to watch her take out uh, Bellatrix. crazy Bellatrix, <laughs> yeah, right. So
2: I, I really like Molly. And you're Weasley like, why couldn't
0: have somebody done this it, earlier? And it didn't you know, seem that hard.
2: I just want to point this out. Also, there are elements of Molly Weasley that remind me of my own mom because, without like giving away too much of my mom's life story, like there are just some things that I've heard about my mom where I'm like. Wow, mom, you were like, wow, when you were younger. <laughs> like, I there's a word I want to use, but okay. she, my mom was awesome. <laughs> she still is. And there are things that Molly Molly can be a little erratic sometimes, which definitely reminds me of my mom. Sorry, mom. But um but yeah, family. no. I just I really like Molly Weasley and that's my answer. I love that answer.
1: See, I wish I would have done a book now because I contemplated that yesterday, and usually I just tell Adam, I'm gonna do whatever I want. But <laughs> I decided to stay in the Y'all
3: can <laughs> keep praying for me because you <laughs> see what I have to do.
2: Okay. You so got a bunch of rule breakers here. This
1: isn't my no. favorite, but I just decided to pick somebody who I thought was like tough and loving and funny. And I chose Claire Huxtable.
0: Oh, that's a great because
1: one. Because she's just so witty. And I feel like she's so tough, but at the same time, she just loves so fiercely, but she sets boundaries and she's like, I don't know. I just, as as a mom, I really appreciated her role. So. Well,
0: and it kind of dovetails with another recent show that we had where we talked about stuff from the past that's now problematic. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously, Claire Huxtable was on The Cosby Show and, yeah. you know, Bill Cosby, I think it's safe to say, hasn't had... A very good last few years as his past has sort of right. come back and he's been held accountable for that. But I personally think, and this is a total tangent, but I think it's worth taking, I think we can still go back and enjoy some of those shows. Oh, yeah. You know, just because somebody made, well, in his case, a lot of really bad choices, um, I don't know that that means that, you know, we can't enjoy the, the work that they did. Yeah, it doesn't I love diminish Claire all the work. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Jonathan, um, you got
4: jealous of your answer of Claire Huxtable, because that is a great answer. Also jealous, uh, Emily, that you had the guts to uh, say a book, because literally one of my first thoughts was the mom in one of my favorite books, uh, the John Grisham book, A Painted House. She's like the best mom. She's always like uh, getting food from her garden and helping out the people in the area. I just love her. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and say, Um, the mom from Better Off Dead, Lane Myers' mom, who's always cooking up fun (laughs) recipes. And you like raisins, don't you? I put in my own creative little... And if you haven't seen Better Off Dead, it's just you don't understand. And uh, yeah, no, she's just amazing. And so is his brother Badger. But that's a whole nother uh, thing. That is a
0: whole nother podcast. So (laughs) I am going to do perhaps an uncharacteristically... Edgy pair of picks because both of the moms that I'm going to talk about. Come, oh, you're
1: picking two.
0: Come from R-rated movies. Now they're both R-rated for violence, mostly, and a little bit of language. But I have to give a shout out to Sarah Connor because I've always oh, wanted. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always oh, wanted to say yes. Sarah was that, Connor.
2: Was that your Schwarzenegger impression? That was. Well,
0: hey, yeah, let From let the, let the, from the Terminator. <laughs>
2: Speaking. Yeah.
0: Sarah Connor. Okay, so Sarah Connor in T2, she is protecting her boy John and uh, teaming up with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's now a good Terminator in T2. And, I mean, she is fierce, right? I mean, she is trying to protect John, and she's trying to save the world from a future that she's pretty sure she's not going to be able to stop. But, man, she hangs in there. And also from a James Cameron movie... Actually, technically not a mom is Ellen Ripley from Aliens. And if you remember aliens, aliens, she is battling an abandoned space station full of nasty xenomorphs, which are you know, these wow. big acid-blooded aliens that basically try to destroy everything. And she finds a little girl named Newt. Newt. Newt's about, I don't know, six, seven. And Newt yeah. is incredibly brave, too. But Ellen becomes a surrogate mom to her and protects her from all the bad, nasty aliens. And and fact check, she is
4: actually a mom because she. that's why she really kind of fell for Newt. And they actually show a picture of her daughter who grew up and became an old lady later.
1: Good thing you. Jonathan's here. Slow round of you applause, man. You
0: just out geeked me so hard. And I love that. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Jonathan. So... Um, I think that one of the things that movies have the ability to do is to inspire us, to encourage us. And I want to push our sort of personal reflections on TV and movie moms a little bit deeper. Who are some of the on screen moms you can think of whose portrayals of motherhood really illustrate both the joys and the challenges of being a mom? Emily?
2: Okay. So this is at the risk of making myself cry because this movie has a dear place oh, in my heart. Tears but, are great, though. Um, People love that. Malin from Steel Magnolias. Oh,
0: Steel Magnolias.
2: And I, this is what I think about Malin. Um, and like I said, it, there's, there's a deep personal connection to that film in general because it was something my family and I or my sisters and I specifically, we really loved that as we were growing up. And then when one of us went through a very similar tragedy to what Malin went through, it kind of hit home in a new way. But okay. we still love the movie, even though now when we watch it, we all just like break down sobbing. <laughs> yeah. Not that we didn't before, but it's, it's now it has like a personal connection to it. But yeah, no, Malin, you see all the joys. You see her celebrate Shelby's wedding. You see her celebrate the birth of her grandson. um, And she even talks about how Shelby was, like, the greatest joy in her life. And then when Shelby tragically passes away, you know. Spoiler warning. Not a spoiler. Uh The movie is very old. (laughs) When she tragically (laughs) passes away, though, like, you just see... Like, how broken she is. But, you know, it's really funny. There's, like, a line in the movie where she's talking about how her husband left the room when they were, like, pulling the plug. Shelby's husband left the room. It was just her. She was like, I was there the minute she came into this world. I was there the minute she left. And it's like, like I said, I'm like, I'm I'm going to (laughs) cry. But, like, it's Mm. so true, though. Like, if you want to talk about what illustrates the joys and the challenges, there it is right there. Mm -hmm. Like... Really and truly, I think it comes full circle in that film.
1: I thought of a different one, and Adam, we've talked about this before, but I think we're going the same place. Yeah, totally.
0: Yep, totally. Yeah.
1: So, Adam and I, I think we went to review the same movie when yeah. I was still in training, and um, I
0: I love that you were in training. I was in training. <laughs> <laughs> that in training. <laughs> no, it was super early after Kristen started with yeah, us. Yeah,
1: it was, and that was a really, really heavy movie. And I just remember I was a, a very new mom, postpartum. And I probably shouldn't have gone to see a film about a mom in postpartum because the first three to four months, really the first year of your first child's life is life altering. And it just really watches her walk through like the difficulties and the joys. Like I love, she loved being home with her kids, but at the same time she needed help. She didn't know how to ask for help when she asked for help. She didn't receive help in the way that she thought she would get it. And her husband
0: is like totally absent.
1: Um yes, totally absent. Um he that, that changes, yeah. Right. Um but it's just the weight of motherhood and she has 3 kids. I have 3 kids now. And so I don't know. I just remember watching that film for the first time thinking this is the hardest, most rewarding, most sanctifying thing of my life. And I felt like for the first time someone had represented that accurately on film because typically we have... You
0: hated it when it first came out. Well, or, or you deeply... There were parts of it you really didn't like.
1: I don't think I knew how to like
0: process process
1: it after having a and, baby. And so how
0: do you feel about it now? Is your perspective different? And this is another R-rated movie, by yeah, the way. Yeah,
1: there's, there's a ton of issues with it. But yeah, I do think my perspective is different. It was really difficult but i relate so much to the character so much of how she she almost like felt like she lost a part of who she was but she also n- never regretted motherhood and loved her kids and wanted yeah. to be there like all these conflicting emotions um anyway this is a lot but i just felt like that that was probably one of the the heaviest ones cuz in tv right like you have a lot of comedy and all of that's true like there are a lot right. of comedic moments in motherhood um but a lot of the real tough stuff isn't talked about.
0: So I want to riff on this too because Tully was the one I was thinking of and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I think this is an example of a movie, as we said, it's R-rated for a ton of content. I think that movie, there are certain movies that stay with you Mm -hmm. and I think about this movie, it would be an exaggeration to say every day, yeah. but I'll bet I think about it at least weekly and here's why. There's one Mm. scene in particular where there is a montage of her yep. doing dishes, doing laundry, and it just does this sort of fast intercutting of day after day after day after day yep. after day after day, which is probably one of the points that you maybe felt overwhelmed. Yeah. Because when you're a mom, and especially yeah. when you're a mom of young children,
2: it's there is
0: just this repetition of work that may not be. It may not be technically hard in the same way that, you know, it's not physical manual labor. But I think that what the scene does is it shows that it was kind of soul crushing for Mm -hmm. her. But it doesn't take a shot at motherhood. I felt like what it did was it showed us the incredible dignity of the mom who is in there doing just the nitty gritty of being a mom. And I think about that movie. I'm not kidding. Maybe not every time I do dishes, which I—if you put my last mm. two statements together, you can figure out it's probably about once a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think about when my wife does the dishes, and I come home, and, and they're clean, or you know, she's gotten up earlier than me. And that's the other thing is, this is a mom who's up late. She's up early. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a movie that was trying to illustrate. Proverbs 31, but there's kind of that Proverbs 31 connection that Mm -hmm. um, dads do a lot of work too. I don't want to in any way demean or suggest that dads aren't important and they play a different role, but I think it's safe to say there's tons of research out there that says, look, let's tell the truth. Moms are the ones who do most of the housework for probably lots of different reasons. And just the incredible purpose and meaning there is, even though in the moment you know, we see a character who is struggling with the weight of Is that a fair representation, Kristen?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the hard part for me too was that I am in the thick of it still. I have a five-month-old, but it really is your mindset. Like you choose – it's a choice, right, how you choose to view this every day, how you choose to function in all of it. But she was suffering from like postpartum depression too. Right. And so there was and, a lot and- – And depression. And
0: real mental illness.
1: Yeah. So there was a lot like in there. But anyway, I just think that was kind of my point is that a lot of TV shows are like either lighthearted. And even now, I think sometimes they're to the point where kids are only viewed as like a burden. Right. And I also don't like that. Yeah. And so it was like a, it was a good mix. So anyway.
0: Well, do you guys think in general that moms are well represented in, in the stories that Hollywood likes to tell both, you know, in movies and on TV? Um, does does Hollywood do what I would say a, a fair and accurate job of telling moms stories? What do you think?
2: I think yes and no. I think that... Um, Base I think, is covered. I think we very... Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think very often we've seen moms who are um, caricatured or one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. We only see yep. one side of what they're doing. That's but good. I also think that maybe especially so in recent years, we've, you know... We've we've kind of seen a shift um, in the storytelling, so that we can see that these characters, even if they're just like a little side character or supporting character, they're more complex than that. And I do agree with that. You know, we get a little peek into their lives um, more so now. I think so that it's like even if we hate that character, we at least like we get a, a fuller picture of who that person is. Yeah, I would say to that point, too,
1: um, like I was thinking of a lot of like, I guess, famous TV moms. You have like Lorelai Gilmore, who yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like didn't become an actual the mom. mom. On, the
0: mom on Parenthood. The, Paren- I
1: was going to say parenthood, parenthood. And then, Had lots and then of your moms. favorite show. What's it called?
0: What's it called? I have no idea. You know, the one that you reviewed like every episode of. Oh, This Is this Us. This Is Us. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. When Paul was nice enough to give it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's just... I would agree with Emily. There's a lot of complexity that we see now as opposed to something like Leave It to Beaver, right, where it was very one-dimensional. And the only thing I would say that I've not enjoyed as I've kind of watched it shift culturally is we've become even more self-centered, if that's possible. No, that's true. And when that happens, I've kind of just like – it's like it's so much about make sure you have like – And this is all important. It's important to have rest and downtime and to refresh yourself. But, like, really the point is scripturally to do that with the Lord, right, to find strength in the Lord. And a lot of what you can see now is, like, kids almost like sucking the life out of you. And Mm. people make so many jokes aimed at kids as if that's all that they do, as if they do bring joy and like love. And it's so fun. It is exhausting. Don't get me wrong. There are some days, most days, at the end of the day, I just sit down and I'm like, what happened? (laughs) I'm so tired. But I I would never. (laughs) I just want to
0: watch hurricane videos on TikTok. (laughs) Because
1: it's so exhausting. But I would never want to give my life to anything else. Like it feels like such a holy work mm. when I'm able to step back and look at it. One verse in Isaiah, it's Isaiah 40:11. It says, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Mm. And as a mom, I've looked at that verse so many times and thought how sweet that the Lord is gently leading those that have young. That feels just like me because man, it is the hardest work, but it's so good. Mm.
4: Another thing, in this, and I don't know if this is a rabbit trail or not, but that I just find a difference, in, and maybe this is because my wife and I are watching a lot of Brit Box lately. Oh yeah. Uh, but but uh, it's interesting American television, American movies compared to other countries. Mm-hmm. Americans have this uh, have uh, for some reason have to have this perfect model playing every character. I mean, take like the CW, right? That's every so guy has to yeah. have perfectly chiseled abs. You know, every woman's proportions have to be exactly like that on the back of a mud flap. And um, you know, <laughs> it is it is sad that I mean in Brit Box, the one thing we always notice is this looks like real people. Yeah.
1: I don't know what How it is about it.
4: And for some reason the moms seem to look a little more real. And I think in um in American movies we've seen a lot of really good characters acted by some really Beautiful people. Um, but it is interesting that sometimes there's, you know, the lack of the, you know, uh, the female Steve Buscemi, you know. I mean, we need, we need just the, we <laughs> just need the, yeah, we just, <laughs> we just need some normalcy. And it really is a funny difference. But I think Americans really want to see their people pretty. And uh, it's okay, but we live in a culture where. Already social media and entertainment media in general is kind of putting a lot of pressure on young people to look a certain way. I feel so like we talked about it for an hour. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a sidebar, but I think yeah, there's some it's, great it's portrayals true. of moms, but I'd love to see some more normal
0: moms and uh, shout out the Brit Box. Yeah. Well, and let me just say one thing as we bring this conversation in for a landing, and we haven't talked much about this. I think that Mother's Day is a time when we can celebrate our moms, when we can recognize their contribution. I also think there are, and I recognize there are a lot of people out there whose mom stories are hard for all kinds of reasons. Maybe they lost a mom early. Maybe they had a mom who had a lot of problems, who wasn't there, who Mm -hmm. was dealing with addiction or mental illness. And And I know some people whose experiences are that. Um, And I wonder if, and and maybe we can just comment on this briefly, do you think that these kinds of stories potentially offer a, a chance for, I don't know, catharsis or redemption or even healing for people whose mom stories maybe have one of those hard elements in them?
2: I think that I'm going to go with my other answer from earlier, yes and no. Okay. Um, You know, if you see – if you go to the theater and you see this mom who reminds you a lot of your mom and, you know, you don't have the best relationship with your mom and that story is redemptive, it can hurt in a a weird way. That can actually be painful because it's like while you're happy for the character, you're kind of like, why couldn't my story be that way? And then, you know, vice versa, if it's like – If it's not a happy ending, it can still hurt. It can Mm -hmm. be like, well, yep, that sounds just about right, you know. Um, I think that everybody's story is different. Everybody's mom is different. Every mom's story is different. You know, you're going to have the mom who, as you said, has mental illness or maybe there's an addiction problem. You're gonna have the mom or who, maybe just
0: hyper controlling. I mean I think I that, mean that was
2: the other one I was that gonna say can yeah. Be in the mix too. Yeah. You you might just have a mom who's hyper controlling or who just never really got the mom thing. Um, you have moms and then you have moms who uh they really got it and you know, they remind you of your favorite fictional mom and yeah. I think what we have to or or you might even have a mom who just tries too hard to be perfect and maybe even projects that onto you to where she was a perfectly fine mom. But you always felt guilty because you didn't feel like you measured up to her. You know, there's a lot of different things here. And I think what's important to realize is that you don't have to measure up to any fictional Hmm. character. There's a reason they're fictional. But even if you strongly relate to a fictional character, you can also remind yourself just that your story is not their story. I love that. Well, this is like the hardest
1: job in the world. (laughs) Like for any moms listening, it is the hardest job in the world. It is the best job, but it is really difficult. And so I think... I say yes to like everything that you were saying, Emily. And just to take, I just remember hearing this quote one time, this is kind of an aside, it's not about TV, but um, if you guys know who Heidi Baker is, she's um, like a missionary in Africa and I view her as kind of like the mother, the modern day mother Teresa. And I went to see her speak and she made a comment about how she, you know, will pay for her kids therapy. You guys, when I tell you, when she said that, it like hit me like a train. I'm like, what? This like saintly woman Like her kids might need therapy, right? (laughs) And it's just, it was so relieving. I had only one kid at the time, but like just because you see all these different portrayals in television, no one is perfect. And not until I became a mom was I able to step back and one, apologize to my mom for all the things that I did that I should have apologized for when I was in high school. Mm. And then to also just like realize this is so difficult and you tried your best. And even if you had a mom that didn't, this is what grace is for because there is no level of perfection. And even though I was the oldest of seven and I stepped into motherhood thinking, Psh, I've done this, I've helped raise like all my siblings. No, no, this is so different. It is so challenging. Um, and I'm really thankful for new days. All right. So. Well, Amen. <laughs> I think that I
0: cannot add anything more. To what you've just said, except for one thing. <laughs> um, you know, I think that this conversation illustrates the power of story, right? And and we talk about film, we talk about TV at Plugged In, because the stories that we interact with have enormous capacity to influence us. Emotionally, yeah. uh, they can influence us for for good or for ill, and sometimes for both, right? right. You know, we can, we can connect with something emotionally and, and have it changed the way we see the world. And so um, I love the fact that there are stories out there about moms mm-hmm. that we can say, man, that is inspiring. That is encouraging. And I love that there are stories that that show the gritty reality of what it means to be a mom too, because I think I think we need both, right? I think yeah. we need aspirational stories. And I think that we need stories that reflect the reality of how challenging this task is. And um, I just want to take this moment, and you guys can too, to say thanks to my mom, and I'll thank your moms too. I'm (laughs) thanking everybody else's mom here too, (laughs) uh, for the work that they did. And I hope that if you are a mom, if you aspire to be a mom, that our conversation today has been encouraging to you and, and maybe has given you just a little bit of fuel in the tank that this is, as Kristen says, the most important job you'll ever do. Thanks guys. Well, in our second segment today, Paul AC is joining me to talk about an old movie. You know, it plugged in. we like to focus on new movies and every now and then we'll go back and pick up something that, you know, for some reason or another is back in the public eye. And, that is the case with the way, and I joked in the intro. This is not about the Mandalorian, but Paul, tell us, <laughs> tell us what the way is about.
3: The way is about essentially a pilgrimage that, okay. that a father does. Uh, it's the very, very famous El Camino de Santiago uh, pilgrimage in Spain? in Spain and part of France. It actually okay. starts off in France, goes into northern Spain. It's about 500 miles. Very, very famous. This son, uh, his name is. Daniel, he he actually dies along the way. and uh, Spoiler warning? No, he dies really early on. Okay. So that's sort of where the story sort actually jumps. like the jumps. bear where the mama bear dies in the first
0: three minutes. <laughs> it's not really exa- about her.
3: It's not really no, about Bambi's her.
0: Bambi's mom, not about her.
3: <laughs> that's exactly right. So, so his father, who has had a difficult relationship with his son, um, decides that he is going to take his son's ashes along the way because his son wanted to finish. It was his main thing. He wanted to finish this pilgrimage. So his father says, I'm going to do it for you. And so he takes the ashes and he goes along the way and has a a very uh, self-relevatory and spiritual journey along the way.
0: Okay. And there's another father-son connection here too. Do you want to tell us about that?
3: Yeah. So the, the director and the kid who dies is played by one Emilio Estevez but his father is played by his real life father Martin Sheen who incidentally is a a pretty strong Catholic. Yeah and this is kind of a passion project isn't it? This really was a passion project and I was super excited that it was going to be the reason why we're talking about it. This old old movie. And why are we
0: talking about a movie from
3: 2013? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah well it's coming back out into theaters and just for one night only it's a fathom event that's going to be in theaters May 16th, I believe. Um, Yeah, and it really was a passion project for Emilio Estevez. He admitted, I actually got a chance to talk with or listen to Emilio and Martin, my good friends, uh, during the screening originally. And he said that his own spirituality was a work in progress. Because you reviewed
0: this one way back in the day.
3: way back in the day. So, and this is actually one of those movies, even though I saw it, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It made a big impact on me. Okay. Um, because it is deeply spiritual in its own secular way. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It does.
0: And it kind of feels like counter-programming. You know, yeah. like summer's blockbuster time, right? right summer's right. the time that we go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 or Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny or, you know, right, insert right. blockbuster here, yeah. right? Because they're all kind of interchangeable, really. Which
3: we'll be talking about next this week.
0: This is a movie that probably a much smaller percentage of our listening audience is going to be interested in but there may be some folks out there that are like i love those contemplative sort of slow burn dramas does it fit that bill
3: it is a road movie okay. what uh, what estevez said when when i was listening to him was that he really designed Your it friend, as sort of emilio. my my good friend emilio uh he designed it as sort of a take on the wizard of oz Uh, So it is a road movie. Uh, The father, whose name is Tommy, he meets a lot of people along the way, picks them up. They all have their own reasons for doing this particular pilgrimage, this this own journey. Um, None of them are particularly spiritual. And yet each of them has a profound spiritual moment as they travel. Mm -hmm. Um, It is contemplative. It is uh, powerful for a certain audience. Um, if you're looking for a true hardcore Christian movie, this is probably not the movie you're looking for, but okay. it has some really nice spiritual moments woven in here. Um, and one of the things that I love about it is I've always been intrigued with the idea of pilgrimages themselves. Okay, uh, I have always found that sort of an attractive mode of living out your faith. Mm. Because um, it's
0: kind of a physical metaphor, isn't it?
3: It really is a physical metaphor. And I think especially... Because we're
0: all on a journey. I mean, we use journey language to talk about faith we do. all the time, metaphorically, but this is in a literal sense, right? This is next level stuff. Sorry, I'm putting lots of words in your mouth.
3: Uh, but you're doing great. But, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. And when you look at our culture today, where we are stuck in cubicles all day, where we have barely any time to think... I don't know think, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> these pilgrimages, these these spiritual journeys, these really physical Journeys bring us into a space that I don't think many of us find in today's 21st century society. The idea of of moving away into something entirely different is incredibly attractive to me. I
0: love that. I think that's a, a good place to bring this one in for a landing. And you know, at Plugged in, we want to tell you about the latest, hottest, hippest, you know, attention grabbing thing that's happening. And every now and then we like to do something like this to point you towards something that is a little bit uh, a hem off the beaten path, so as to speak. it were. As it were, May sixteenth, uh, 16th. May sixteenth, 16th. Uh, and you can also find Paul's original review of the way in the episode notes for today's show. Thanks, Paul. You betcha. Well, now it's time for a game we call Pop Culture Connection, in which our producer Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> comes in and, uh, well, she tries to, to stump us a little bit with questions. Actually, she doesn't try to stump us. She asks us a question related to pop culture, and we have 30 very short seconds to give as many answers to that question as possible. And uh, it's always a battle for second place, because we already know that Jonathan's going to win. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes being first loser is as good as you can do. So, take yeah. it away, Ashley.
5: All right. So, we haven't done this in a while. I know. We have I'm excited. Oh, uh-huh. wow. All right,
2: Emily, I'm going to have you go first. Okay. All right. <laughs> this is a fun one. You'll like this. <laughs> we'll see if I can answer. I'm like, st- I feel like I'm still kind of waking up and everything. I get so. you. I get you.
5: All right, you are stuck in a remote forest with only your wits to survive. Which fictional character do you want to have with you and why? Indiana Jones, James T. Kirk, Laura Croft, Dora the Explorer, or someone of your own choosing? Dora. Dora.
2: I am, oh my gosh, I am stumped. (laughs) I have no idea. I have no, you know what? Yes. Dora the Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. Um, she, it, it, to be honest, I've never actually watched that show, but I know that she's got a handy little backpack and That's a handy right. little monkey friend, and <laughs> she's got this map. Uh huh. And, yeah, yeah. you know, you got the kids on the television who Helping. are just cheering you on the whole time. <laughs> this is good. Those you
1: are four cool. nice. very solid
0: points. For not knowing the show, <laughs> right? you totally um, nailed it. And, and she yeah. even has Swiper the fox who
5: swiper no swiping. Swiper no swiping. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> Those that's all right. I love
0: that answer.
5: That was
2: great. That's great. Four for Emily. Yeah, Yay. That's, that's impressive. Considering Those I didn't even points. start till yeah, halfway right? through. Take <laughs> it
0: till you make it. That's, that's right. what we always say. That's, right. <laughs> that's
2: exactly what I just did.
5: <laughs> all right, Kristen. Let's see. Okay, this is an easy one.
1: Mm. Oh man, yeah.
5: Would you choose Netflix or Disney Plus, and why?
1: Oh my goodness. It's actually hard. Okay, I think at this point in life I might have to say Disney Plus because I really like The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should get like at least 6 Holy points cow. for saying that <laughs> Adam's presence Finally. Um,
5: Star Wars
2: I love
1: all the Disney movies, the Pixar movies. Uh Pocahontas is like my absolute favorite. I think they're I mean, I know there's a lot of reasons to hate Disney, but chill out, everyone listening. Um, I want to share all the classic movies with my kids. Um, the classic movies. Those oh, six, right? Nice. Five, I don't know. Five, I got all right. five.
3: Wow.
5: Nice job. Okay,
1: that's all, I got. That's all, all right. I got today.
5: Adam, let's have you go next. All right, I'm ready. Out on the red carpet, what celebrity are you hoping to interview and why?
0: Oh, I would probably have to interview John Bon Jovi because oh, I my. mean, I'm a huge Bon Jovi <laughs> fan <laughs> from back in the day. He's made movies. He made that submarine movie that was terrible, U-571. Um, I would ask him, you know, about his hair loss, you know, how he's coped as that as being coped with that as being an icon of the 80s. Yeah, I would ask him hair. which decade was his favorite because he is now a father and his daughter, his son is getting married to Millie Bobby Brown. Ah, that's
5: so yeah,
1: crazy! It was, that you it, know all this stuff. It
0: was a lame answer, but
1: no, there was you funny. go. He was,
0: he was also in Moonlight and Valentino. He was in Moonlight and Valentino.
1: You guys know a lot. Wow. What was that, like five? I Maybe. got four. I think four. four. Yeah. It felt
0: five would have been a reach.
1: All right, let's let's. All right. but I got carpet. Millie
0: Bobby Brown in. That feels that like good. an extra point.
1: <laughs> Jonathan, we're ready for you. All right, all right Jonathan. Bring it. This is going to be right. time for your Door to the
0: Explorer. You're only going to oh. need
5: 15 <laughs> seconds to beat us. Here we go. What is your least favorite thing about technology?
4: My least favorite thing about technology is, I'm going for deep, not wide here, folks, is the pressure it puts on young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, young people feel like they have to measure up because they see only the people that make it perfectly to the top. So they're constantly seeing that. And the... the I mean, the research is clear. The more time they spend on social media, the worse they feel about themselves. Mm. And we need to just be careful of how much time young people spend on social media.
5: That was a very good answer. Just let him win. One one Thank point. You. It was
1: just too good. One point. Actually, no. I got three different ones I out of that. I think there were at head. least oh. three, but okay. you
0: still went on quality. But I mean... Too bad that's not how we judge this game.
1: Right. So that means Kristen wins. Woo!
0: Yeah. Nice.
1: I'm going to you right now I shouldn't have won that. But I'm going to give it right back to Emily. But anyway, Kristen thanks,
0: guys. Kristen is our winner. <laughs> Yay!
1: I be, Yay! Although my favorite
2: answer does go to Jonathan because
1: yeah, yes,
2: yes. yes. absolutely. Yeah. See, it it, and in
1: some play. way he did win. Look at him. I mean, <laughs> no, if it's not, not with quantity, all. it's not, with quality. And we just uh, can't. I did. It I was,
5: did the Paul
0: Lacey answer. Yeah, it was the most plugged-in answer ever. Good so job, I Jonathan. guess whatever. Yeah, it, was, it was from the heart, man. It was <sighs> from the heart. Even better. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the conclusion of another episode of The Plugged In Show. We want to thank you for taking time to join us today. I hope that our conversation about mothers and the movies and TV shows that inspire us in that conversation has been an encouraging one to you too. We would love to hear what you think about this topic. And we are excited to announce a new way for you to get directly involved in that conversation. Each Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, at least two of us from the Plugged In team will be hosting a live stream on Instagram. We're calling the Plugged In Show Aftercast. We'll talk about your comments related to this show. We'll take a look at the next show coming up, and we'll talk about the previous weekend's biggest movies at the box office. As I said, we'll be live on Instagram at Team. At 3 o'clock on Monday, and we would love to have you join us. And that's not the only thing I have to announce this week, too. If you have visited our podcast page at thepluggedinshow.com recently, you may have noticed it looks a little different. We've now put everything related to each episode right on this page, including show notes and links to any reviews or resources that we have talked about. And we would definitely encourage you to explore it a bit. And if you haven't done so already, to follow the show and leave a review. Your positive reviews really help others know what The Plugged In Show is all about. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us this week. We know you have lots of ways you could spend your time. And we are privileged that you have chosen to spend it with us. We look forward to another conversation with you next week on The Plugged In Show. God wants true disciples, ones that think like him, talk like him, walk like him. Disciples that bring shalom to the chaos of this world. Pursue that path with the RVL Discipleship series. Bible scholar Ray Vanderlaan will give you the tools to understand the Bible more deeply and inspire you to be a passionate follower of Christ. Watch the first episode at rvldiscipleship.com.